This is Megan from Evereve. As a mom, do you fear that you are losing your fashion edge? No one interprets fashion for moms better than Evereve. So we created Trendsend, an online subscription service to keep busy moms on trend and on time. Our stylists handpick outfits from designer brands like Splendid, AG, and Free People and ship them right to your door. No styling fee, no shipping costs, and no monthly fees. Throw away your mom jeans and try Trendsend. Sign up for free at Trendsend.com. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to this 51st episode of Step Into the Light on this Tuesday morning, April 25th. Thank you for listening. I'm your host, Patty Sheen. On this show, we introduce listeners to people who have found their way out of the dark shadows of life and back to light and those who, through the manner in which they live their lives, lead others on their journey from darkness to light. Imprisonment takes many forms, from physical incarceration behind bars to forced enslavement by way of human trafficking and power over the mind through exposure to false beliefs. How does one who is imprisoned learn to find hope and relate to a loving God? My guest this morning is author, blogger, and editor Rebecca Carey Lyles. Becky has a heart for those who have been imprisoned. She holds a BA in church education from Denver Baptist Bible College and was involved in prison ministry in Arizona. Becky has been a transitional coach for women exiting Idaho prisons and jails. She has published a book about a Colorado prison ministry, which contains interviews of inmates and volunteers and features a jail chaplain. Becky grew up in Wyoming, the setting for her award-winning Kate Nielsen novels, Winds of Hope, Winds of Wyoming, Winds of Freedom, and Winds of Change. She currently lives in Idaho, where she serves as an editor and a mentor for aspiring authors. She and her husband, Steve, host a podcast called Let Me Tell You a Story, which can be accessed through her website, BeckyLiles.com, on iTunes, and on iHeartRadio. Good morning, Becky, and welcome to the show. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, For our listeners, Becky and I met, oh my goodness, Becky, I can't remember how many years ago it's been now, but uh, they were uh, holding a writer's conference over there in Idaho, and I was working with a small publishing company at the time, and I was able to go over and present a workshop at that conference and meet some new people, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I especially loved the fact that there was... I can't remember how much snow was on the ground, but it was plenty. So I was just in heaven right there because I love the snow. So (laughs) you even took me snowshoeing. Remember that? (laughs) I do remember. I remember that long trek up the hill. Yes, (laughs) yes. Way back. (laughs) Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm I'm very jealous of your country over there. Becky, do you have any snow now or is it pretty well gone? We still have snow. They said they... Reopen the ski area. <laughs> oh my! And here, my friend and I have to plan our walks for early in the morning because by evening it's like seventy-five or eighty degrees out here. <laughs> oh well, I'm kind of jealous of that. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. <laughs> well, next time you you're out in the snow, just think of me and how much I would enjoy it if I was there. Okay, I will do that. <laughs> so, so Maggie, tell us what. You are very much ingrained in the writing life in many different aspects. As a writer, you're a regular blogger. You also are involved in the editing end of things. So 
is this something that you've wanted to do since childhood? Were you involved in writing when you were young? Or is this something that when you were a kid, you said, uh-uh, never me? <laughs> well, I, I, like most writers, I was an avid reader. Um, I loved the yes, library yes. Uh, 10 blocks away in our small town and got stacks of books again and again. I don't know that I thought so much about writing, um, although I was fairly comfortable with the uh, essays and papers we had to do in school. Uh, but I, I really don't think I had any aspirations until <laughs> after I finished um, college and a couple years later got married and a couple years later had our first child. And I saw, we were in Cheyenne, Wyoming at the time, and I saw that a local reporter I still remember her name, Catherine Gress, was offering a creative writing class at a community center. So, oh, man, our baby was just beginning to walk around furniture then <laughs> and um, found, a, found a babysitter. And I only remember that because at the babysitter's house, she pulled a plant down onto her head. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> why that sticks in my mind. Um, but I went to that class for... Oh, six to ten weeks, and uh, wrote a article for the local paper, and we talked about fiction and nonfiction. And happen, I happened to know a man who had seen a UFO while he was fishing, and he was a very, very credible person. And he allowed me to interview him, and um, you know, with the instruction in the class, write that article, and then they published it. And so that was my big publication in the local paper. Oh, neat. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun, and it started me. For many years, I wrote articles and oh, a few short stories, but I, I wasn't strong in fiction back then. So that was my beginning. Well, I'll tell you what. I was fascinated with UFOs when I was a kid, too. I can remember reading all about Remember the Exeter, New Hampshire thing? And, oh, my goodness, I read every book I could get my hands on about oh, UFOs. Really? And, huh. Oh, yeah, goodness, yes. And out here, you know, we're kind of on the plains. You'll probably think we're crazy, but my daughter and I noticed these. They were just strange lights that would come on at night, and we couldn't figure out where they were coming from. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we would get up at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning and drive and drive try to find the source of those lights. We never found them. It was never just did. very strange. I think my son was visiting us from over in the UK at the time he was with us. But it was just crazy stuff. But <laughs> oh, yeah, I still kind of have a fascination for that sort of thing. I I don't know what's ever going to come of it, if there's really other life out there and if it will ever connect with us because the distances are just so daunting, you know. But, hey, mm-hmm. you just never know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's interesting that you would write about, <laughs> write <laughs> about something like that. Yeah, your first. Uh, you write both fiction and, and nonfiction, Becky. Do you have a preference? If you had a choice, would you say, well, I'd just like to stick with fiction or I'd just like to stick with nonfiction? And what do you see as advantages to both, I guess, or disadvantages? Okay. Well, I um, we lived... W- from Wyoming, we moved to Arizona for a short time, and there I met a career coach. And uh, just before we moved to Idaho, I spent a day with her where she led me through you know, a whole 
series of thinking about my past and my future, what I wanted to do. And when we were done, she said, I think your real your heart is really in fiction. And that's really the main thing I got out of that whole day. <laughs> uh, and then we moved to, we moved to Idaho and a year later a young woman started a chapter of American Christian fiction writers in oh, yes. in Boise which I had, hadn't even heard of at that point and that's when a oh man a bunch of writers came together I remember I don't know maybe 30 people that first meeting and that kind of filtered down to those who are really serious about it. And the group is still going, and we've had multiple people in that group get multiple books published. But I love fiction. I still I still like nonfiction. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's so much much room for that, but fiction gives you that um, little extra bit of creativity <laughs> to use your imagination and let it go wild, but I was surprised to discover how hard it is. When you read a book that's well written, you think, wow, that was easy for that author, I could do that, and then you discover, no, (laughs) (laughs) it looks easy because they worked really hard to get this Mm -hmm. right, So, but I've enjoyed the challenge um, most of the time. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I know what you mean. (laughs) But I do love it. I hear what you're saying, Becky, because I've got, oh, goodness, three. I, I tell everybody this when I do this show. People are going to say, gee, is she ever going to finish this? I have three novels in progress on my computer, you know, and I've transferred oh. them from computer to computer for I don't know how long now. And, yeah, I know, I know. I've got joined that. Uh, I know. I joined the Jerry Jenkins Guild. Oh, yes. Here a while back. Yeah, and one of the questions, they, he has a, I can't remember the names of his different uh, offerings that he has, but one is where you can actually type in questions to him, you know. And oh. my question was, what happens when you come to the point in the story where you realize you've painted yourself into a corner? <laughs> That's the problem I'm at right now. I've got my characters oh. in a situation. I don't know how to get them out, you know. And I, I didn't have done think that. if he was going to get my question, but I was the last question he answered that night. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh-huh. And were you happy with his answer? I was happy with his answer, and, and he's right. I mean, you have to go back and look at – you have to come up with some way that you're going to have a solution for these characters to get out of this. So I'm going to have to go back and kind of reevaluate. Kind of backtrack. Becky, tell us, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he says, you know, if you have your character in a uh, – metal box with uh, metal bands around it in the middle of the desert and there's nobody for 500 miles in any direction, (laughs) chances are they're not going to escape alive, you know? (laughs) Unless, of course, a UFO comes along. Well, now see, yeah, yeah. We could always, we could always, the the, um, extraterrestrial into a Western, huh? (laughs) (laughs) With a cowboy hat. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, t- tell us, Becky, uh, I know you've written a couple of nonfiction books. Tell us what they were about and what the main premise was of them. Well, my f- first one came about when I was sitting in my haircutter's chair in uh, Fort Collins, Wyoming, which was just over the border from Cheyenne. 
Um, great guy. I didn't know there was a Fort Collins, Wyoming. Well, Colorado. Fort Collins, Colorado. Right, yeah, just a, <laughs> probably 50 miles from Cheyenne. <laughs> oh, okay. Across the okay. border. And he was a great storyteller, and he would tell me stories about how between haircuts he would walk around what's called Old Town Fort Collins and befriend people. Many times those were young people um, that were going to college there, and he'd just play pool with them or hang out and became like a big brother, not not on purpose, just kind of accidentally he was single at the time and, um, you know, old enough to be their father probably. Sure. And the, just had all these great stories about, uh, the, you know, kids that are kind of aimless, aimless trying to find their way in life. And one of them, the first real big connection was with a young girl who was driving to Denver um, to strip. Uh, that's like another 50 miles that she worked weekends stripping for a living mm, to pay her way nice. through college. And he connected with her. They became very close friends. So he'd tell me all these stories. And one day I said to him, you know, Larry, you need to write these stories down. And he said, well, while I was washing your hair, I was thinking, I need to write these stories down. <laughs> <laughs> so he would tell me the stories. I'd um, have a recorder on, and I also take shorthand. So I'd be scribbling away, and he would tell me the stories. And sometimes they brought him to tears, or both of us, so we'd have a package of tissues between us. And mm-hmm. <laughs> um, did that for... Uh, several weeks or months, I don't remember. <clears throat> then I would edit, you know, out all the andums and, you know, try to get them, the stories down to a reasonable length. And that was the uh, first book, which is called "It's the God Thing" in yes, and I stories. Read that one. Yeah. And did you enjoy it? I should have. I you. did. It's the first one of your books that I ever read, Becky. And yes, I did. I enjoyed it very much. Yes, it's coming back to me now. It's been a long time, but yeah, I enjoyed that book very much. Yeah, I think that was, oh, if I remember right, written in 2000, and it's it's just a collection of his stories about changed lives, how God changes mm-hmm. lives, which sort of led to my second book. Uh, Larry happened to just kind of a random thing. We were in the right place at the right time, and he introduced me to the leadership of an organization in Fort Collins called Freedom Fellowship. And they were a prison ministry group that went into jails and prisons all over Colorado and eventually even um, to the East Coast and overseas. I'm not sure um, all the places they've been, but emphasized Colorado. So I started interviewing volunteers, and ex-inmates, I did get to go to prison once to in, interview some, that was a women's prison, interviewed some people there, and then I went to mm-hmm. the local jail, interviewed there. They would not let me take in a recorder there. So I prayed hard, <laughs> and <Yeah>. the, <clears throat> the inmate 
talked really fast. But I was able to keep up with my shorthand. God just really gave me the hand movement that day, and I could read it afterward. That's the key thing, is to be able to actually read it later. So that that was just fun. I ate in the home of um, a woman who had murdered someone. Um, it's That story's in the book, but she was out, and she fed me a wonderful lunch, and we had a great talk. So wow. just some fascinating experiences. And that was book number two. Um, I'm trying to remember what it's called. <laughs> On a Wing and a Prayer. Stories from oh, Freedom okay. Fellowship. Oh, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah. So that's my total um, nonfiction book collection. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I have not read that one, and I should, because actually my daughter uh, works for the uh, Department of Corrections here in Colorado. Mm. So I'm quite fascinated with the whole thing to a degree. There's some things I just don't want to know. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I mean she really she really loves her job, you know. And I've often wondered we see a certain aspect of prisoners we I'm saying we the general population, we see them as people who have committed these horrific crimes. And mm-hmm. who don't belong in society, and yet I think what we need to remember, Becky, and you can probably elaborate on this, is the fact that these people are God's children as well. Oh yes, and they are just <laughs> entitled to forgiveness as we are, you know. And I'm sure, if you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, how how it made you feel getting to know these people. Well, I discovered there are people just like me, (laughs) Mm -hmm. especially when I uh, volunteered in a women's prison. Excuse me. Get my voice back. Um, When we moved to Arizona, I volunteered in a women's prison, and those women were just like me, only maybe they had a really lousy childhood, and they were raised by drug addicts, and they got into the addiction, or they might have had an okay childhood but they got in with the wrong crowd and we all make mistakes we're all sinners but some of our mistakes land us behind bars but what really struck me the first time I went to uh, the women's prison um, I was moved to tears because of their great love and concern for their families and how much they missed their children and their babies and and, and it just made me realize how awful it would be to be force, forcibly um, separated mm-hmm. uh, when, from your family like that. And so when I was in uh, Colorado talking to those people, I talked with a lot of men, so they didn't, didn't usually move me to tears, but um, <laughs> just, <laughs> just the, the rough situations they get into and uh, once you get into a lifestyle or like one guy said you know all of a sudden I realized before I'd answer the door at night I'd pick up a gun and when did I get into that lifestyle mm-hmm. and the guy who was a heavy meth user and he said he'd walk down the street and um, drug dealers could sense his vulnerability and just oh yeah something I don't 
I've never experienced. I don't want to, but uh, we're we're weak. We are not strong people, and any of us could fall into some situation or pattern that would be destructive in some way or another. We're no different. So I think that's really what I've come away with, and and then a compassion mm-hmm. for people that are trapped in those situations. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I know. I. I mean, I have never been involved in drug use per se, but I'll tell you what. For many, many years, I was a smoker. Oh. And I mean, that was something that the interesting thing is, Becky. When I was in nursing school, there were what? I don't know. I think we started out with fifty some of us. There were only four students in that whole class who didn't smoke, who did not smoke, and I was one of them. I went clear through nursing school without smoking, moved out here to Colorado, and worked for a couple years, and I just thought it was kind of cool. You know, my boyfriend, then boyfriend, you know, later husband, uh, was a smoker. And, um, you know, we'd go out in the evening, and I just thought it was kind of cool, you know, and I'd reach over, and I'd take a drag off of his cigarette, and the first day I bought my first pack, he said, you're going to regret that. And I said, oh, no, it's, you know, it's just something I'll be able to quit whenever I want to. Yeah, 20-some years later, (laughs) I really struggled to quit, you know, and it's been, well, I quit in 1999, so I'm looking at what 16 17 years now that i haven't smoked but i yeah i can understand that compulsion to a degree i mean i got to where there was one time when i even i'm ashamed to admit this my daughter was just a baby and she was next to me in a car seat and i dropped the end of off of a cigarette and it burned her and even that didn't deter me i mean you know it's horrible when you think of what addiction does to a person but boy that was mine I loved my cigarettes. Yeah. I planned my whole day around when I could have my next cigarette. It was crazy, you know. So I, I, I can't begin to imagine how much stronger that need must be in people that are addicted to, to hardcore drugs. Right. Whether they're miserable, just, miserable or not, that's the draw mm-hmm. is still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awful. So... Uh, Becky, you, when I introduced the show, I said you kind of have a heart not only for people involved in uh, incarceration, you know, being behind bars, but what about people, and I sense this in you, that you have a heart for people that are imprisoned in other ways. Um, For example, those that they have no understanding of, of of God or of any kind of life beyond what they're living. They have no hope. Yeah, and I I've, think... I've, <laughs> okay, go ahead. I've sensed that about you. And, you know, even in your editing experience, I mean, you take these people, probably like me, you know, who have these great dreams of being a writer and <laughs> and you help them kind of get out of that prison of... <laughs> Of self-doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Writers, I think, struggle with that <laughs> as much more than anybody thinking, oh, nobody's ever going to want to read this. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I know that challenge. So it's fun to 
help people make sense of the writing. And, and I should say I have a, I've had mentors and uh, editors and critique partners, people that encourage me and help me hone my work and make it presentable to the public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I like to do that for other people. But while you were talking just about freedom in general and hope, I remembered that my favorite scripture verse is, I think it's Romans fifteen thirteen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I and like I, that one. I just love that verse. And mm-hmm. I think, I don't know where, I think there's a huge connection between hope and freedom. I don't know if that was birthed before I saw people incarcerated. And even before I did prison ministry, I would I had a cousin who I occasionally had had a need to go visit him behind bars. Or he created a need for me to go visit him. Mhm. And and I, but that was really my only experience and I I haven't not been imprisoned except by you know bad habits or right. bad thinking. Uh one of the things they tell you when you're creating characters um and this may help you with your <laughs> my writing story, yourself yeah. into a corner <laughs> is mm-hmm. um what what lie does your character believe about themselves? Yes. And some, sometimes we believe the lie that our, you know, our grandpa told us that we were stupid or somebody told us mm-hmm. we were ugly or we would never amount to anything or you have to be a doctor when you grow up or else mm-hmm. to fit or into this family. Or something happened and it's your fault. Ooh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't, you know, I think over a lifetime just all your experiences coalesce and... Um, freedom and hope became um, kind of big things for me, and mm-hmm. I I love writing about it. I I write about awful things like human <laughs> trafficking. And I know, with, and I want to get into that, Becky. But first, before we do, I'm going to take I want to <laughs> we're going to take a really short break, and my break pretty much constitutes the fact that I like to let listeners know who and what they're listening to because a lot of times people come into a blog talk radio show in the middle of the show and they don't know what we're (laughs) discussing. So I'm just going to kind of go into that a little bit. Uh, This morning you are listening to step into the light. I am your host, Patty Sheen. And my guest is Becky Lyles, actually known Rebecca Carey Lyles. I know her as Becky. She (laughs) uh, is an author. She's an editor and she's an avid blogger. Uh, she has written some nonfiction. She's also written a wonderful fiction series that we are going to discuss during the second half of the show, and I'm really excited to talk about that. But I do want to make listeners aware that there are ways to connect with Becky online. And rather than spiel out a bunch of different URLs for Twitter and Facebook and all those things, I'm going to refer you to my website, which is Patty Sheen, P-A-T-T-I-S-H-E-N-E.com. And on that website, you'll find a Blog Talk Radio tab, and under there is a page called Website and Social Media Information. You will find that information available for all of my guests. The URLs are right there. Just click on the on the different ones, and it'll take you to where you want to go. Or uh, 
for Becky and, and everyone else that's been on the show. Also, the show is on archive. So if you came into the show and you missed a portion of it or you'd like to listen to it again or you'd like to refer someone else to it, there's a archive page under that Blog Talk Radio tab where all the shows are listed. So let's get back to Becky. Becky wrote a wonderful series for which I got to read the first two books, and I definitely need to get the other two, called the Kate Nielsen series. So take it away. Tell us about that. <laughs> well, uh, that series just happens to be about an ex-prisoner, my heroine, Uh, gets out of prison in Pennsylvania and goes to Wyoming to start a new life, to escape her past and start a new life. However, of course, her past follows her to Wyoming. So I think my books could be categorized um, romantic suspense, though Mm -hmm. some people tell me that, um, especially with my third book, that the suspense is a lot stronger than the romance, um, suspenseful romance. So yes. that's uh, the basic premise is uh, uh, a person can get freedom, but they don't know, normally don't always have the freedom they're expecting. So <laughs> that's mm-hmm. the series, and I just wrote the fourth book, which is actually a prequel to the series. It, it, um, the books one, two, and three are the complete story, but the prequel tells some, uh, what do you call that, backstory of, yeah. of three of the characters, and it's just kind of a lead-in to the series, which was fun to write, to to kind of think about what's the history of the characters. Of your characters, was. yeah. Yeah. So. so do you want me to tell you about each book, or...? Yeah, tell me, tell us a little bit, but not so much that we don't want to read it. Or you know what I mean, enough okay. to whet our appetite. <laughs> right. Don't tell us the whole story. Okay. Well, as I was saying earlier, I tend to write about dark subjects sometimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I, I just want to say up front that I always strive for happy endings. So just I don't want anybody to say, oh, I don't want to read about human trafficking. It's so awful. I do. Mm-hmm. I do um, try to be realistic, but I do want my characters to be happy at the end. So the the first one is about the woman who gets out and goes to Wyoming and has the, um, the, her past follow her and how she learns to um, go through that and mature and trust God through that. And the second one, her best friend that she met in prison gets involved in human trafficking in another state, and the heroine, who's Kate Nielsen, um, gets involved in her rescue. And the third book is of children who have been involved in sex trafficking. Oh, my. That was very, very difficult because I wanted to honor the children. It's such a horrible, horrible thing. But mm-hmm. what I wanted to portray in that, we hear so much in America about the human trafficking overseas in other countries, but there are, and they don't know the figures for sure, but between 100,000 and 300,000 American kids kidnapped or sucked into sex trafficking 
every yes. year. It's mm-hmm. just a horrible figure. So I just wanted to yeah. sort of educate the public with that and then show mm-hmm. how uh, not just the horror of it, but how loving people can help um, bring children through that and rescue them. So it was a struggle, but I think I achieved that in the story, <laughs> getting a happy ending with that. But that is the end of the series, and so that's why I'm saying the prequel was prequel was um, more fun <laughs> and, sure. uh, and uh, just more enjoyable to write because even though it's suspenseful and it has its moments, at least I wasn't talking about human trafficking at that moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. uh, the series that's in print now. The Kate Nielsen series, and I think what and caught should, my attention. Go ahead, Becky. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't give the names of them, but maybe you did earlier. Winds of Hope, Winds of Freedom. Um, oh dear, Winds of Wyoming, Winds of Freedom, and Winds of Change. Yes. See, I read Wyoming and Freedom, <clears throat> so I need to get Winds of Change and Winds of Hope. And I think what drew me to your series. Um, Becky was that you know here you have this story that is going to take place in Wyoming and usually you think of a Wyoming heroine as someone who was probably raised around horses and is very wholesome and and all of this kind of persona and here no (laughs) your character is an ex-con from Pennsylvania so to me I think that was that was the the drawing point for me with that book was you know oh wow this author is really thinking outside the box and that's what makes a good author (laughs) you know well I have to tell you it it took me 15 years to think outside that box because I had, now in a small writing group, we were all going to, we were told, excuse me again, that dime novels were coming back. And so we were all going to start one of those. And I was going to write about somebody who came from the East Coast to Wyoming, where I lived at the time. And their life was going to be so wonderful. But that was my whole plot. (laughs) And it was... (laughs) Pretty pathetic, and so for 15 years, you know, I'd start it, and the story would go nowhere. I tried and tried, and then we moved to Arizona, and I I was involved in a couple really good writing groups there, but it was one night when I was driving home from prison ministry. <clears throat> it was nighttime. Um, in that area, Arizona, you, it's just flat and you could see the lights in the distance but it was real real dark where I was at and it just hit me all of a sudden that oh my heroine should be somebody who gets out of prison and has a reason to leave Pennsylvania and her past and get away mm-hmm. from that pull of the old crowd and the old habits and um, addictions and so it was really, for me, it was a God moment that that is like, oh, okay, you have a character which is a real person that you can have a real story to go with that. So that's it was kind of, I don't want to say accidental, but it took me a long time to find that character. And then after that, then the series was a little easier. But boy, 
the, the start was rough. Getting so, there was anyway, tough. That's, <laughs> that's how it happened. That's pretty neat. That's really neat. I know in, in one of the stories I'm working on, my character, he was kind of a uh, very Irish, you know, background and a cowboy kid. Mm-hmm. And his name was Corey O'Connor. And that mm-hmm. wasn't working for me at all, Becky. I, I just couldn't do much with him. And all of a sudden, he became Adam Murphy. <laughs> and then his wow. character really came to life for me. You know, so sometimes something as simple as a name can really make a huge difference in your story. It's pretty amazing. It's fun. I, yeah. you know, I wish, I regret right now I haven't had the time to write like I would like to. And when I do get into it, I really enjoy it. And I, I'm so envious of you having your ACFW group like you do. Because out here in southeastern Colorado, my closest, I'm a member of a chapter, but my closest chapter is in Colorado Springs. And that's 120 miles away. Oh, wow. And, you know, we try to, <laughs> to get a group down here, but we're so spread out. I mean, my closest town to the west is 20 miles away, and the closest town to the east is 36 miles away. And oh. then there's other surrounding towns out on the plains that are, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles away. And, you know, Pueblo is closer than Colorado Springs. We had a Pueblo group for a while, but it was never an ACFW group. It's just been hard. And when I go to one of those meetings, I have to really evaluate, is it is it worth a five-hour drive for me up there and back for a two-hour meeting? It just depends well, on what is being presented with the topic and, and who is presenting and all that, you know? So, yeah. And I, I would love to be a member of their critique group, but shoot, they meet on Tuesday evenings. I'm not going to drive up there and back in the dark. I'm oh, not a good yeah. drive in the dark person anyway, you know? So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I am envious of the folks that actually have a group that is right there in their town that they can, go to and be involved in so I guess I need to get more involved yeah. in the online stuff <clears throat> well I, I feel very blessed to mm-hmm. yeah. have um, like-minded people that yes. are because I've been in a, a, a number of groups over the years and oh I remember one group the guy what he wrote was borderline porn and that mm-hmm. would get uncomfortable at times Sure. and so it's just good to have people who uh, not only say, oh, that's nice, but they say, you can make it better. Yes. Or my, actually, my critique partners have kept me from being too graphic with some of the mm-hmm. sex trafficking stuff because, um, you know, I don't don't write the really awful stuff that happens to these poor people, but even some that's a little bit over the edge, they'll say, right. you know, you don't need to write that. We can... Use our imaginations. <laughs> we know so. what's going to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Goodness. Well, I, I noticed, uh, Becky, I made a note here that apparently you have a Goodreads giveaway coming up or going on. Let us know about that before I forget to ask you about that because I definitely want you to mention it. Oh, yes. I'm always excited to do those. This Goodreads giveaway goes through, I believe it's May 31st. And uh, uh, you can either go on goodreads.com and look for a Rebecca Carey Lyles giveaway, 
Or you can mm-hmm. just go to my website, BeckyLiles.com, and on the front page there's a place to click. It takes you straight to Goodreads and to my book that's currently being given away, which is the brand new book, the prequel. And you just put your name in there, and somehow their um, machine <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, draws a name, and they send me an address, and I mail off a book. Oh, so that's cool. just a fun way to get my name out there and sure. for people to have a chance to get a they they don't do the ebook giveaways it's the paper book and then you can get an, an autograph yeah. copy yeah and so if somebody's never done that before you can just go on goodreads and you can put your name in for all kinds of books giveaways yeah it's just a fun deal for readers and for writers i know and i of course, I'm on ACFW, and I'm on that promotion loop, and, you know, people are always giving away books, and I give away books on my website, too, but a lot of them I don't sign up for for the simple reason that I already have a huge stack of books to be read, you know? <laughs> so oh, I know it. Yes, I just feel I like, you know, let somebody else have that opportunity that is probably a faster reader than I am, has more time to read than I do, and... So a lot of them I don't I don't sign up for as much as I would love to. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many books I've featured on my website that it's like, oh, man, I would love to read that, but I just don't get the time. So well, like they the say, Kindle. so many books, so little time. <laughs> I know, and more and more all the time. But, yeah, yeah. I have I, – I try to limit the number of books on my Kindle <laughs> and – and yet, mm-hmm. when somebody's having a giveaway that looks really good, or even ninety nine cents, it's like, oh, you know, someday I might read that. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't well, remember can't the last resist. time. Like, to be honest, I paid more than ninety nine cents for a book. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> I always do the Kindle download thing. Once well, in a while, I buy one for like three ninety nine, but you know, to pay twenty thirty bucks for a book like some people do, I can't remember the last time I did that. No, can't do that anymore. <laughs> My Winds of Hope is now um, 99 cents on Amazon right now. Oh, I better Speaking go of e-books. grab it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I do my Kindle. I do my. I don't even have an actual Kindle. I do it on my phone. I, I have a Kindle app on that. my phone. Yeah, yeah. People say, how can you read off of that phone like that? Especially me, whose eyesight is terrible. But, man, I can <laughs> sit there for hours and read on that phone. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I think Becky the, yeah, Becky the premise of this show as I explained at the beginning is that um we I I entertain guests on the show who have been through a dark time or who through their writing or their ministry or whatever lead other people out of dark times and you certainly do that with with some of the subjects that you write about but is there a dark time perhaps when you were your work or or some other time that uh, you just felt really discouraged and, and you just felt like you were in darkness, and how did you find your way back to, to light through that? Well, I did allude to the fact that um, Winds of Change, the book about human trafficking, was uh, exceptionally difficult for me. Yes. And I... I did write myself into a corner, like you've mentioned, and mm-hmm. it was a it's a book I just I prayed that God would be honored, that the children would be honored, 
but then I could have a fun, exciting story. I always try to put humor in my books too, and it's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's such darkness, but uh, I wanted to interject humor and have that happy ending. And yet I'd gotten to this point where it was just not working, and I'd had an expert opinion. Uh, this person said, no, you can't do that. And so I was just bat- bumping my head against the wall. And I went to my critique group, and only one person showed up that day. Oh, and, yeah, she said, how can I help you with this story? So we sat there and just talked, talked and talked and talked. And all of a sudden it hit me that I had involved a law law enforcement agency that was wrong for the story. And that was what was messing me up. And she didn't say it, um, but just, you know how it is when you talk things out loud, you get the answer Mm -hmm. sometimes. And uh, I was so grateful because I prayed so much about it. I think God gave me the answer right then that I needed to... um, take that agency out of the story. And as soon as I did, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, yeah, I only had like the last, probably fifth of the book to write at that mm-hmm. point. Um, and of course I had to go back to the beginning and do a little bit of rewriting, but that enabled sure. me, gave me the freedom to finish the crazy book. So <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> that was my dark, dark moment that was, I was pulling my hair out on that one. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. real, once again, real blessed to have that critique partner, and and God uses amazing things to answer our prayers. Yes, He does. Well, I know you alluded to me to the fact that you have another uh, series, at least one book, maybe a series, in mind that involves kind of a <clears throat> fairly dark subject. Would you like to share with us about that a little bit? <laughs> People are going to think I'm a really dark person. <laughs> You're not, <laughs> um, Becky. <laughs> I have um, I have loved ones that have been in a religious cult in another state for oh at least 25 years, oh, and it's been a huge, huge family concern, and uh, it's it's just it's a concern, but also fascinates me, like. What in the world gets us sucked up? Very intelligent people um, mm-hmm. sucked up into letting somebody else rule every aspect of our lives. And this this group, I mean, every aspect of their lives is controlled by yeah. one person. Um, so, and there's been some neat stuff, some um, some investigations that are going on now that we're praying will just blow the place <laughs> wide open. But in the meantime, um, I've always wanted to write about it, but wasn't sure about how to do the research and just didn't want to get involved in and in causing more trouble possibly for family members. And so I've just been thinking about it for years and real cautious. And then it hit me, <laughs> I can write fiction and um, it doesn't have to particularly be about that group, but anybody that's in a controlling group like that. Sure. So I've started interviewing people, and I've interviewed 
Uh, so far, they've been all women from four different groups, um, ones I'd never he- heard of in some cases, and finding out what it's like to live within a group like that. And So my, I'm thinking at this point a series. I'm thinking of calling it Prisoners of Hope. There's that hope again. Mm-hmm. And uh, showing how a person can get into such a group, why they stay in, why they want to get out, and why and how... They get out, but why it's so difficult to get out? Yeah. Uh, how how does somebody in America imprison another person to the point, even though there's no chains or jail cells, no bars, and yet they can't walk away? So yeah, I'm just, I'm curious about all of that. I've got all these books to study, and <laughs> wow. we'll see what comes of that. Oh my goodness, that sounds fascinating, Becky. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Tell us about. Your podcast, Let Me Tell You a Story. Oh, that's that's just really fun. It's a project that my husband and I do together. Uh, we have a son who is a podcast editor. That's what he does for his livelihood. Oh. And he said, oh, Mom. <laughs> yes, you, you might want to know that. Uh, he said, Mom, really? you Absolutely. need to to do a podcast to get the word out there about your books and about your editing. And you could... You could talk about editing, and I thought, what more boring subject could I talk about than <laughs> editing? And I don't know if I'd even have two listeners, you know. So, you know, I thought about that, and um, uh, laying in bed one night, I thought, ah, let me tell you a story. Um, that title came to mind, and, and oh, and I can get my husband on the microphone with me because I really didn't want to one woman show uh, it took a little arm twisting even though he's <laughs> uh, he's far more outgoing than I am <laughs> but I talked him into just uh, sharing the podcast and we read oh goodness short stories poetry jokes essays uh, what else just anything that we think is going to interest readers we don't have hmm. a strong format of like, you know, five minutes into it, you'll hear a short story, and then after that you'll hear a poem or whatever. There's, we're just kind of random all over the board, and we take uh-huh. turns, and it's just a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, like, and I've listened to a, a couple of, of them, and they are. They're very interesting. They're different. They're unique. Good for you. Oh, well, thanks. And one of our, I think it's number 30, we did interview a man who wrote a book about the group our loved ones are in. Um, oh, is that I, right? I think that's a pretty fascinating uh, podcast. He read kind of the introduction to the book and then allowed us to interview him for a while. So if people are interested in the religious cult thing, um, they can go to our podcast number. I'm pretty sure it's 30. Mm-hmm. And how many have you done? We were talking before the show started. How many? Yeah, we're real close to you. I think we just recorded number 70. Oh, wow. So you're way up there. Very good. Yeah. Well, it's taken a few years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And like I say, you know, there's the the consistency and all that kind of thing. You know, sometimes things just don't work out. <laughs> like yeah. you think well, they're it's going nice to. to- 
you know, it's nice to have the freedom if, yeah. um, like, you know, we've had company for several days. Well, we're not going to sit down in the middle of that and record mm-hmm. a podcast, so we'll just yeah. do it next week. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Now, sometimes I do a pre-record, too, because I have people that just can't be available on Tuesday morning if they work or whatever, you know. So oh, great. I learned how to, yeah. how to do that, and, and that's kind of... <laughs> And neat too. So, well, Becky, <laughs> oh yeah, well, not really. Believe me, if anything goes wrong, I'm totally lost. <laughs> <laughs> I know how it goes. Well, yeah, well, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the show this morning, Becky. It's so fun to get back in touch with you. We've done a little bit of emailing over the years, but you know, just kind of sit here and visit with you has been absolutely great. Is there anything well, else you'd anxious- like to? I just wanted to say we're anxious to read some of your writing on our podcast. So, yeah, well, I've got to get it finished before you can do that. So, <laughs> <laughs> someday. So, once again, it was just a pleasure to to spend time with you this morning. Thank you so much for being on the show, listeners. I want to remind you that uh, if you want to connect with Becky, you can do that uh, through my website, which is Patty Sheen, P A T T I. S-H-E-N-E dot com. Becky has a website, which is BeckyLiles.com. Right, Becky? Yes. Lyles yeah, with and, a Y. Right. And, uh, yeah, and you'll find that on that Patty Fiend page on the uh, website and social media information page. You'll find a link to that. And I'm not so sure if I have a link to your podcast, Becky, so you might want to send me that so I can put it on there. Because I'm sure there's okay, folks and, and that enjoy is on our video. website, but yeah, okay. I will send okay. that to you. All righty, sounds good. And I would urge listeners to check out Becky's books, especially her Kate Nielsen series. Well, her nonfiction work as well. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the first two books that I read of her Kate Nielsen series. And now that she tells me that uh, Winds of Hope is available for 99 cents. I'm going to go grab that, and I, I want to read The Winds of Change, too, because that's the last one in the series. You know, interesting, you talk about that that last book being a prequel to the other three. I don't know if you keep mm-hmm. up with the ACFW, uh, oh, the main loop thing, but there was quite a discussion, if I remember right about that, just the other day. Someone oh, was asking no, if you could do that. And I remember I read a series several years ago. It was a secular series. It was all about, uh, oh, this Western ranching family. And she did that. She wrote like the first four books, and then she went back in that fifth book, and it was a prequel to the first four. And then she wrote dozens of them after that. But uh, I just don't have time to respond to a lot of that stuff. I wish I did. But, so, you know, I'll oh, yeah. read a couple of the comments, and then it's like, okay, I just, uh, I have got to get to work. A, a, <laughs> yeah, I got a ridiculous amount of email on my server that I need to get rid of. I keep thinking, oh, I'll go back and get a chance to read that. doesn't happen. But anyway, Becky, again, thank you so much. Oh, thank it's you. It's a great honor. And, yeah, well, I really enjoyed it. And uh, you, you just keep enjoying that snow for me, will you? I'll do that, and you enjoy the sunshine. <laughs> All You take care. God bless you. Uh, listeners, in closing, when you look back on the dark periods in your life, you may find they were not quite as dark as they seemed at the time. And when the light does shine again, it is so much brighter 
then you remember it. I hope to be back next Tuesday with a show at 8 o'clock in the morning. That's Mountain Daylight Time. If you missed any part of this show, remember it is on archive. You can find it on my website at pattysheen.com. God bless you and have a good week. There is a candle in every soul Some brightly burning, some dark and cold. There is a spirit who brings a fire, ignites a candle, and makes it Now, insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you. This is Megan from EverEve. Are you a mom that buys clothes from an online subscription service? Then check out Transcend.com. Unlike other services, Transcend charges no styling fee, no shipping costs, and no monthly fees. We've been dressing and styling moms for 12 years. Our stylists handpick outfits from designer brands like Splendid, AG, and Free People and ship them right to your door. Shopping for clothes just got better. Try Transcend. Sign up for free at Transcend.com.